Hi, my name is Felicia Ray Owens, and welcome to the very first episode of Coffee, Cocktails, and Conversation with Felicia podcast. This week, I want to discuss the State of the Union, and I want to do this from the perspective of a very concerned citizen of the United States of America. I wrote an article that accompanies this episode titled The Trump Effect, Threats to Democracy, and the Urgency to Unite where I outline the impact and influence that the Trump administration has made in this country that we call home. Donald Trump and his followers have presented numerous challenges to the democracy, raising concerns that are reverberating globally. Despite the hundreds of lawsuits against Trump and his allies dating back over 30 years, despite him being convicted of sexual assault, Despite being a twice impeached president that incited an insurrection of the nation's capital, and despite a recent gag order and 91 indictments, despite the most recent revelation and guilty verdicts surrounding the Trump family business lying about their financial status all these years, despite all of that and more, polls still show that almost half of this country want him to be reelected as president. Why? We would not accept this behavior from any other living being. So why does Trump get a pass? Why does mainstream media report Trump's stories of racist, non-demographic rhetoric as Trump just being Trump? As of today, Trump has committed a laundry list of crimes, some we know about and some that have not even been revealed yet. But a large population of American citizens feel that he is being persecuted. They actually want to defund the FBI and the CIA. How can anyone be persecuted when they are actually guilty of a crime? How can you be persecuted for someone wanting justice, for someone wanting you to take accountability, to own what you did? That's not persecution. It's just called the legal system. Then there is this factor of race in all of this. As a black woman in America, I find myself scratching my head in confusion. As someone who lives and breathes the news cycle, it is amazing to me how rare it is to see anyone of our race really discussing the Trump issue in a productive manner. We need an action plan. And I say that with the utmost urgency. I thought as Americans, we all agreed on certain fundamentals in this country, like a woman's right to choose whether or not she wanted to give birth. I thought we all agreed that the suppression of the black race or any other race in America was a shameful mark on this country's story. I thought that we all agreed that white supremacy and the KKK are no longer welcome here and cannot call the United States home. I thought we all agreed that the Constitution actually meant something. We teach this to our kids in school from the very beginning. But the Trump effect has reinvigorated and underscored the importance of safeguarding democratic values such as freedom of speech, equality, and the right to protest. The Trump effect has served as a wake-up call for citizens everywhere to remain vigilant and take action to protect the democratic foundations that we actually hold dear. The Trump effect has essentially reopened a door for certain ideals and practices 
to openly exist in the country. There was a time when white supremacists wore hoods to cover their faces so that no one would know who they were. All of their dirty deeds they did under the cover of night and darkness in secrecy. But the former president embraced these groups, called them quote unquote fine people and walked them right into White House office offices. He walked them right into Congress. He walked them right into our local government offices and gave them positions of power, positions to change laws, positions to block bills, to move forward as a country. He put these people in place so they could make America great again. Great for who? So as a black woman in America, I just want to know what do we do? What is our defense? I am a black woman. I am a black mother. I am a black American. I genuinely want to know how do I defend myself? How do I defend my family? What does the future look like for my children? How do I help my daughters defend themselves when I'm not here? What kind of future should they look forward to? I have so many questions and honestly, I ask them all the time, like every single day. But those questions, they fall on deaf ears. Well, at least that's what I thought. I'm starting to learn that maybe these questions are just falling on desensitized ears. Our black community is pretty quiet right now, and that scares me. Where's the outrage? Where are the protests in the streets against Donald Trump running for office? Why are people of color so complacent right now? Am I just imagining that? Because I don't think that I am. Am I the only one or maybe just one of few that realize that we have so much at risk if this man becomes president again? I'm tired of hearing responses like, well, there is nothing I can do to stop it, or I'm just going to pray about it and God will make a way, or I'm not worried about those white people. They're not worried about me or my personal favorite. I don't watch the news. It's depressing and I don't have time for all that. These responses to the national crisis we are in are unacceptable and frankly, irresponsible. If we don't care who will. I wonder sometimes, are we as black people really serious about our freedoms and equality? And I don't say that to be funny. I just really want to know, how serious are we? I know that our ancestors were serious. I know they marched in the streets, you know, the civil rights movement. We have our even further back ancestors doing everything they can in the Underground Railroad to escape slavery. We have these figures in history that give us something to hold on to, to say that we care about our freedom and our equality. But when we're presented with that now, what happens? What, what do we actually do? Like I said, if, if we don't care, who will care? We want these freedoms. We want these equalities. But when it comes time to fight for it, we sit back and wait for other people to step up. If you don't vote, you have no right to complain about what's going on in the world. If you only vote in the presidential election, but you don't vote for your local government, 
you have no right to complain about what is going on in the world. I don't need to hear you talk about how the man is keeping you down or you don't get paid enough at work or you work long hours or you can't afford this or inflation, inflation. If you don't vote for every single election that you can vote for, you have no right to complain, especially in your local elections. Local elections are far more important than the national election. And that is one thing that I think our race has got to understand. As the black people in America, we, we may or may not, depending on the race, show up for the presidential election. We should always show up, but that's not the case. But when it comes to our local elections, we're not really there. Our presence is not there on that same scale as it should be. Local elections put people in place. These people make decisions that get to the White House. Local elections affect everything that's going on in your community. And whatever is affecting your community is going to affect your lifestyle. It's going to affect your groceries, how much you spend on daycare, if the potholes are cleaned up, if you, your trash gets picked up on time, if the telephone pole or electrical wires are hanging, if someone comes and fixes it. Those things are handled by your local officials. So if you don't go and vote for people who actually give a damn about your local area, you can't complain. Those same local officials are the ones that get to the White House or somewhere at least close to it. It's those little bitty jobs like livestock coordinator, director, or some other small title that we think is this small little local job that we don't need to go vote for. Only one person is running because no one runs against them. Those jobs, railroad commissioner, all of that matters. Most of those people are not taking those jobs because they pay well or can get that individual any type of status. They take those jobs so they can cut deals. And those deals get them up the ladder when it comes to politics. They also pad the resume. So when that person says, hey, it's time for me now to run for governor, they have a list of positions they've already held locally. So they want to run for mayor. They want to run for governor. Then ultimately, they might want to go to Congress. They may want to run for president. Don't give them a chance to get there. But if you don't go vote for these local elections and these people climb the ladder or move through the streets undetected because no one even realizes that they've been voted into this position, they're making deals with X, Y, and Z to come in, take land, to put people out of their homes. If you don't vote for these positions, don't complain. Just don't do it. I just want to be clear. The Trumplicans in power were elected because of their loyalty to Donald Trump, not because of their experience with law, not because they're college educated. Some of them are not. Not because they have any true experience with policy, foreign policy, or even domestic policy. 
they they frankly were not put into office for anything of value. Their sole qualification and requirement for a lot of, especially the, a lot of these new people, was their loyalty to Donald Trump. These people have been put in offices all over the country, local and federal offices, and they have an agenda that is so vast and they will do anything to push it through. This group of individuals are on a mission to literally save their race, the white race. And before you say, no, that's not it, hear me out. Donald Trump and Steve Bannon throughout Donald Trump's presidency have convinced a great number of people, a great number of European people that quote unquote, they are trying to steal your country. When I hear the word they, I don't assume Trump is talking about a small group of white haired men sitting in Washington, twiddling their thumbs. I assume Trump is referring to women, black people, Hispanics, and the Jewish population. Why do I feel this way? Because of the census story. Right now, I'm pretty sure there's some head scratching, some what? Many of you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say the census story, but you should know. You should know. There have been numerous reports on it. Dozens of articles have been written about it, and a handful of documentaries have been filmed and aired about it. Many of them are free right now on Netflix if you want to go and check them out. So the, for those of you who don't know and feel like all this craziness just happened out of the blue, let me school you. According to CNN and other news outlets, a significant part of the current political and racial divides in the United States have been fueled by reports that America will become a majority minority country within our lifetimes. If you don't know what that means, that means the white race is no longer going to be the majority in the country. Other races will be. The minorities are now the majority or becoming the majority in the United States. That is going to happen in our lifetimes. Conspiratorial and racist so-called replacement theories, they have inspired white nationalists in American society, ranging from those bearing tiki torches in Charlottesville to Fox News host Tucker Carlson, or I should say ex-news host Tucker Carlson, and also the rioters at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. These replacement theories have sparked this rage, this outrage amongst white America. And I'm not talking about all white America, but you know who I am talking about. I'm talking about those who do follow the criteria of claiming themselves white nationalists. Many of them work in our government right now, have news conferences on a regular basis promoting white nationalism. The preliminary data from the new U.S. Census, which reveals a declining white population, it exposes ways in which America's changing demographic landscape is stoking paranoia regarding the loss of white power. 
even as it fuels ambitious hopes for the future of a multiracial democracy, which is what I would say most people want, but not all people want a multiracial democracy. And that needs to be understood. This is the first decrease in the white population since 1790, the year 1790. White people have always been the majority race in this country. And they have learned in recent years from the last census that we had that they are no longer going to hold that position. So for them, what does this mean? This means that their race is in jeopardy because more and more Americans are identifying as being multiracial. And that has a large group of white Americans terrified that their existence is waning. This is not an opinion. These are just statistics. Trump is not the reason for this fear, but he has definitely stoked the fear flames. History has shown us time and time again what atrocities white America will inflict when they are afraid and when they feel threatened. And again, I am not speaking of all white people. My call to action here is just to wake up and pay attention. I know you have to go to work every day. I know you have bills to pay. I know you have kids to feed. But none of that will matter if the few freedoms we have are stripped away. And make no mistake, they can be taken away very easily. Look at what just happened in the Supreme Court and abortion rights. We thought that couldn't be taken away. And now women who cross state lines to get an abortion are being hunted. Doctors who perform the surgeries are being sued and prosecuted. And anyone who assists a woman in having an abortion, including the unknowing Uber driver, can be held liable in court. If you feel like your freedoms are not at risk, take a look at what is happening in Florida under Ron DeSantis. He and other Republicans don't want African-American history to be taught in schools. They don't want books in the school library that mention racism in America at all. They want to whitewash American history because it makes them feel bad about themselves. Their argument is that they don't want their children to hate themselves for something that their ancestors did. What? Their solution is to simply just not allow their children or your children to learn about what actually happened in this country. They want to rewrite the narrative that sure, slavery existed, but it benefited black people. Look at them, look at all these black people. They're doctors and they're lawyers now. They've had to work and they've gotten an education and they've obtained all these skills being our slaves. Therefore, slavery was a good thing. That's the message. That's the agenda. That is the goal right now. This idea is equivalent to what is known as book burning. And for the record, the burning of books under the Nazi regime on May 10th, 1933 is perhaps the most famous book burning in history. The Nazi book burning is widely frowned upon by white America. The stories of the Holocaust are taught to this day in American schools. 
Children go on field trips to Holocaust museums every year, and they are traumatizing to even an adult. I know I've been there myself. Specific details about the Holocaust are on tests in schools. Children are required to read certain books regarding the Holocaust in some school districts in order to graduate. However, the Holocaust did not happen on American soil, but African slavery did for centuries. Why is it okay for children to learn about the horrific history of the Jewish people at the hands of Nazis, but are not allowed to learn about the the devastating kidnapping and enslavement of an entire race of people for centuries. This is now considered being too woke and must be eliminated. These books have got to go. These teachings have got to go, according to Ron DeSantis. If a teacher in Florida is found teaching about slavery or racism, or if a library for children is, is found out to have books in them that are on the no, I guess, no read list or whatever they want to call it. These people could be prosecuted in court. They could go to jail for education, for books. We take our rights as human beings for granted. And we have all become so desensitized that we have no idea what is going on around us. For the average person, they want, they have to go to work. They've got to go to school. They need to pay these bills. They've got all these things to do. They want to watch their shows on Netflix. They want to get on Facebook and Instagram and post pictures about this, that, and the other. We would do, we just want to be happy. We just want to see other happy people and all of these things going on in our government are not exciting. They are not um, happy things for most people. So we don't want to look at it. We just don't want to see it. We want to close our eyes and pretend like it's not happening or hope that someone else will fix it. Newsflash. No one person is going to be able to fix it. No president is going to be able to fix it. So let's not blame any one person if it doesn't get fixed. We sit and let other people who don't know us make decisions for us that affect our lives and our children's lives and lives for generations to come. And we just let them do it. If you don't participate in these decisions, that is not being free. You are still mentally a slave. You cannot claim to care about your freedoms and your equalities if you are not willing to fight for them. And by fight, I don't necessarily mean going out with a picket sign. There are so many ways to fight. Showing up at every single poll to vote is a way to fight. It doesn't matter if there's a game on. It doesn't matter if your favorite show is running at the time that you need to go vote. What is more important? I challenge all of you out there to learn the names of at least five congressmen or women currently serving, currently serving. Learn who they are and what they stand for. 
if you want to take it up a notch, learn five names of someone or the representatives that are not in the same party as you are. And if you don't identify with any political party, pick any five. Just learn who they are. Learn what they stand for. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to what bills they want to push in Congress and through the Senate. Listen to the bills that they vote no on. Pay attention. I know the average person doesn't want to sit and watch the news like I do. But you have to participate. You've got to know what's going on in the world. And don't just look at the titles of articles that pop up on Facebook. That's clickbait. Actually read the article. Read it. If you turn on the news and you see government officials on the screen and you have no idea who they are, you are a slave. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but you are a slave. Your mind is closed because you don't even know who in government, whether it's local or whether it's in the White House. You cannot identify the person that you have put in position to make decisions on your behalf. That is equivalent to giving a total stranger your bank card and not knowing what they're going to buy, when they're going to buy it, how much it's going to cost, or how to even find them when it's time to get your card back. You've handed your life over. You've handed your security over. You've handed your finances over to a total stranger. And that is what most of us are doing right now when it comes to our government officials. So I challenge you, find out who they are. If you don't like them, vote them out. If you do like them, go vote them in. Encourage others to run for these seats that open, regardless of if they're popular, regardless if they know a lot about that particular seat. Encourage them to run especially minorities. We need to see more of us there because again, we're no longer the minority. That's changing. Stop the mindset of they're not going to vote for you because you're black. They're not going to vote for you because you are Latin. That's slavery. Those are slavery thoughts. That is suppression. You're suppressing your own self. You've basically just told the, the masses, the ancestors of those others, that their tactics to hold you down have worked because you don't even want to try. They don't want you to try. They want you to sit there and think to yourself, there's no way you could ever make it because of your color, because of your gender, because you don't identify with gender. They want to hold you back on every single element that makes you who you are, especially if you have a big mouth, especially if you're vocal, especially if you have ideas that could possibly work. There's no way they want you to run. Don't give them the satisfaction. So that's all I wanted to say today. I hope that you go read the article that I wrote. Um, you can find it at FeliciaRay.com. If you have any questions for me, you can always hit me up on my website or you can visit me on social anywhere, Miss Felicia Ray. Um, yeah, so food for thought. 
If you have any answers to the questions that I've asked in this podcast, I'd appreciate it. I would love to collaborate with anyone out there that's genuinely wanting to do something productive. Not for fame, not for fortune, not for status, not for, you know, Instagram moments, but to actually make a difference. Contact me. Until then, I will see you next week. Same time, same place for coffee, coffee, cocktails and conversations with Felicia. Thank you for listening. <laughs>